0: Global Voices on Taiwan. Welcome to Global Voices on Taiwan. I'm Rath Wang, a news producer and host.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Vincent Chow. I'm a Taipei City Councilor as well as the Director of the DPP's International Affairs Department. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be exploring with you on how the latest world events from near and far impact Taiwan and how this island nation shakes the world. We invite international journalists, experts, policymakers, as well as city mayors to talk about Taiwan and to share their thoughts on current
0: events here. We're very happy to have Mayor Andrew Cho of Diamond Bar, California. He joins us from the U.S. Your life story is impressive. Many, including myself, ask, how did a Taiwan-born business leader become the mayor of a major city in America's largest state. And in economic terms, California is also the largest subnational economy in the world.
2: So thank you, Vincent and Rath, for having me on your show today. Uh, it is always a pleasure to speak to, uh, to people who are interested in the work that we do, especially coming from my home country of Taiwan. It's especially a, a special moment for me. So thanks again for having me. Uh, I would. Will- I'd love to talk about kind of my background, how I came to be, and maybe give you listeners and viewers a sense of what politics is like in the U.S. and specifically my part of the, the country here in California. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. And I, I mean, just following on Rath's point, I think we are genuinely curious. Uh, you are, I believe, the first Taiwanese-American mayor of Diamond Bar. Um, what got you involved in um Small Well, not small town, but definitely municipal politics. And what was your career? How was your election? Um, How do you feel about it all?
2: So my story really started back in the 70s. I was born in the late 70s in Taipei, Taiwan, and my family emigrated to the U.S. in the early 90s. So I was about 12 years old. My family came to the U.S. And, you know, back then, there were not a lot of people that look like me or sound like me on the political stage. And, you know, having been an immigrant myself, you know, learning the language was a, definitely a challenge and also getting assimilated, learning about the political system and finally able to find a platform and to leverage the connections that we made and parlay that into public office where we serve our community. So it's been a lo- long journey. I like to call it you know, 45 or 40 years in the making. But I'm, I'm so proud of the work that we do here locally. Yeah, so I first ran for office back in 2018. And, you know, at the time, I don't think a lot of us grew up thinking that one day we will be in public office, right? Like many of us were. Taught from early on to be a doctor or attorney or engineer, uh, there's nothing wrong with those occupations, obviously. Uh, but in the U.S., especially in California, it's just not something that's top of mind for a lot of Asians, especially immigrant families from Taiwan. You know, our parents encouraged us to study hard, you know, get our degree, get our licenses, and stay away from politics raise a family, you know, be kind of somewhat traditional route. Uh, But as I was mentioning earlier, growing up, there were not a lot of role models. Like if you turn on the TV, turn on CNN, you don't see a lot of Asian mayors or council members or senators or definitely no president ever in the U.S. But back in 2018, I saw an opportunity in my city. And, you know, this is not back in the 80s or 90s. You know, we do have more representation now in terms of uh, Asians or Taiwanese Americans in politics. Um, so my city, Diamond Bar, we're about uh, 30 miles from downtown Los Angeles, on the east side of downtown Los Angeles. We have about 55,000 people. So it's not a huge city, but it's also not a tiny town. Uh, one thing that people know about Diamond Bar is that we're really known for our school district. So our school district is actually national ranked. We're in top 2% of all public schools in the country. So because of that reputation, we have a lot of uh, Taiwanese families, Asian families love to come to Diamond Bar and settle down and raise their kids here. And, you know, honestly, that's why my my wife and I, my family, that's why, why that's why we decided to move to Diamond Bar. It's really to raise our family. Um, and so when we came, we saw that there was an opportunity to be a voice, uh, given that we are Asian heavy. So in my city of 55,000 people, we're about 64% Asian. Wow, <laughs> that's super high. Yeah, almost two-thirds are Asian. So it's kind of it's funny that when I sometimes host student groups from the local high school at the city hall, uh, you yeah. know, I will take pictures and post about it, and our friends and relatives in Taiwan will, will ask. I thought you guys were in America. <laughs> 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 like, essentially, the whole group would be Asian. No, when I say Asian, it, it's it's pan-Asian. So we have folks from Taiwan, from from mainland China, from India, Korea, Japanese, from Japan. So we have all kinds of Asians. But but overall, we're about sixty-four percent Asian. Yeah. And um, before I ran for city council, we've never had a majority. Asian on the city council for whatever reason, uh, our four you know people that came before just didn't run, didn't really run for office here in Dabung Bar. I think they the primary focus was on schools and the kids, making sure that they get into great colleges. And we have a lot of those here too. But right. um, but back in 2018, I thought it was a good time to run for office and really be a voice of my community, specifically Taiwanese community. Uh, So although the city is 64% Asian, now Asian is a kind of collective term, so we have a lot of different types of Asians, as I mentioned. So one of the things we want to focus on making sure that every Asian in Davenport has representation, that they have a voice, and that whatever communication that we have from the government is translated and made available in different languages so that everyone can participate in a democratic process. It's not just reserved for the few that Speak English you know, that that look and, and sound a certain way, yeah, and that 's really why I got involved back in two thousand and eighteen and fortunately my my um, my vision for the city resonated with a lot of people, and I was successful elected back in two thousand and eighteen
1: congratulations thank you, thank you and you can tell me all about campaigning in the u s because I can tell you campaigning in Taiwan entails standing on street corners and waving signs and And basically going to markets every day in in the 38 degree, over 100 degree Fahrenheit heat. Uh, But I'm sure every election brings its own unique set of challenges. I'm curious though, I mean, what are some of the top issues um, people in um, citizens of Diamond Bar face? I mean, what are some of the top issues that you are committed to addressing in Diamond Bar?
2: So, As you're probably aware as a a fellow councillor, a lot of the issues that we deal with are very local... So there is a saying here that saying local government is the most direct form of democracy. Uh, the reason we say that, that, when we make decisions, right, when we want to pave a road, build a park, or build a shopping mall, uh, these decisions have real consequences. And, and as you know, not everyone's going to agree with everything you do. There's always going to be people who disagree with what you do. Yeah. Uh, but the reaction is very immediate, right? We have kids that go to the same schools, we see them at the same restaurants, and we see them at the at the grocery store. So if you're making a decision that doesn't resonate with your residents, uh, you get to hear about it. <laughs> well, <here. laughs>
1: have you Have you ever been yelled at in a restaurant?
2: <laughs> uh, that, that has not happened, thank goodness. So the issues that we deal with are probably not that different than what you deal with in Taipei. You know, most of it's about public safety. Our residents are very concerned about getting their homes or cars or properties broken into and stolen from them. Yeah. Uh, so annually, we have about a quarter, so about 25% of about our city's annual budget dedicated to public safety. Uh, so we hire police officers, we pay for patrol cars, we'll pay for firefighters. So that's all coming out of our, our budget for the city. And every year, about 25%, by far our largest budget item, goes to public safety, and that's really based on you know our residents and they you know there's no there's no future and there's no sense of community without safety. So if our resident can't go home or can have open a restaurant in bar without feeling safe, then everything else kind of comes in second, right? So we so the top priority for us is always about public safety. That's very interesting. And secondly, you know, we deal with it just like you do with deal with traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a global, global issue that every city councilor deals with. Yeah. Uh, so we do have traffic issues. We have a couple of really nice schools, as I mentioned. And what happens with that, a lot of parents from outside of our city limit would send their kids to our, our schools and our schools were never designed to accommodate that many students from out of the city. So, um, so what happens is we have a lot of traffic during morning and afternoon pickup and drop off time, just like. I think anywhere else in the world. Uh, that's something that we continue to deal with. That's something we'll continue to to try to find solutions for. Uh, so public safety, traffic, and you know, obviously a lot of infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, concerns that our residents have. We want to make sure our streets, our roads are paved. want to make sure there no potholes. want to make sure that our parks are maintained and that our equipments are, are nice. And on top of that, we also want to make sure we offer programming for our families. Mm-hmm. The average age of our residents in Bar, you might be surprised by this, is 43 years old.
1: Yeah, because in Taipei, it's a lot higher, particularly in my district. I think in my district, it's over 50.
2: Yeah, we're 43. And I think the reason for that is that we're primarily known for our schools. So the city hosts a lot of programs for families. So we have concerts at the park, for example. Every summer vacation, we host uh, about eight or nine different concerts at the park. We show movies for the family. The city also offers classes for our students and also seniors. So there's a lot of things that we worry about as, as city council members.
1: Well, it sounds amazing. I mean, um, sounds like a very good quality of life. Sounds like the people in Diamond Bar are very lucky to have you as mayor. Um and you know, just to share a bit about some of the issues we face here in Taipei, uh I'm on the um I'm on the traffic transportation committee. And it's it's a huge, huge issue in Taiwan, but I think it's a different issue than what we see in the US because pedestrian safety is basically for me the number one issue we we have um um in city council. Uh and it's it's gotten a lot of attention recently because we have about three to five times the amount of um, pedestrian fatalities and traffic fatalities as compared to many other developed cities around the world. Um, Many of our streets, um, we don't have robust sidewalks. Uh, We don't have robust pedestrian infrastructure, which is very odd because we have a great public transport system, as you know, and a lot of people take MRT to get around and then they, they get off the MRT and they start to go into a side street and realize there's no sidewalks. Uh, and there's nothing sort of great separating you from uh, cars, and and it's it's dangerous for people um, with strollers or in strollers and and in wheelchairs. And so uh, certainly this is something that I'm very focused on, and but we're, we're focused on as well uh, in terms of city council. And you know I, I'm curious as somebody that has gone kind of back and forth, I mean, you come back to Taiwan um, on a routine basis. Um, I mean, do do you see that? Do you see the disparity in terms of? just transportation infrastructure?
2: Yeah, I think one of the... So the last time we went back to Taiwan was right before COVID back in 2019. And at the time, my daughter was a little under two years old. So she was still in a stroller at the time. And one of the things we did notice is that it's not very stroller friendly. And I think in kind of the major areas in Taipei, they do a better job with sidewalks and making sure it's, it's, it's a wheelchair accessible or a stroller accessible. But when you go to... You know, some other cities that maybe a little bit older, they haven't been revamped. Uh, yeah, accessibility for those that are wheelchair bound or even strollers is a big issue. I, we didn't notice that. Uh, there were, uh, I remember some of my family members commented, the ones that came back from the U.S. with that commented that it would be really hard for somebody in a wheelchair to get around. Uh, primarily because I, I think there is not a standard um, uh, way of accommodating those with disabilities, I think uh, certainly uh, in every city there's more we can do to make sure that our residents are safe, that make sure they can travel around. Uh, one thing that's I think a major difference though between Taiwan and U.S. that people in Taiwan walk a lot, yeah. especially in Taipei,
1: <laughs> which is a good thing. And and it's no, yeah, it's just... fantastic.
2: That people are so fit and, and thin and <laughs> you know healthy, but in U.S. we drive everywhere. You know, we have a supermarket that's probably within. 0.2 miles away from the house, but you ne- you will never see anybody walk on the street going to the supermarket.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have our advantages here of having a higher density and and I think urban planning that is basically very, I would say, consistent in terms of that density around the city. Uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, I think you mentioned accessibility and, and that's actually one of the primary reasons why we have to ensure that our streets are safe and sound for everybody. And I mean, America has this great act called Americans with Disabilities Act ADA, and you know I think it's fantastic because it sets a code of compliance that applies to all different uh, agencies, whether you're in a local governments or uh, the federal government. Um, and certainly, this is something that you know we need to continue looking into as Taiwanese people, which is how we can ensure a more consistent and safe experience for everybody um, that lives within our city. Um, you know, you had mentioned public safety as well, so that this is actually not a huge issue in Taipei because I think, generally speaking, our streets—I um, mean, not our streets, our city—has <laughs> is is quite safe, um, and we've been, I think, very good um, in terms of building good sort of relationships between um, our uh, policing institutions as well as our communities, and there's a high degree, I think, of trust between the two sides. And certainly, I think this is one of the advantages that we can definitely share uh, going forward. But, you know, I, I did want to just take us out of the kind of local framework for a second and and mention something, which I thought was personally very, very interesting because you were a guest of honor at President Biden's uh, State of the Union address this year. And that must be, I mean, that's a huge honor. I, I don't think, you know, he gets a huge quota to invite. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm sure you were chosen um, for your contributions, and but also for the fact that you know you represent a new breed of um, municipal mayors that are diverse, and that you know, as you say, have made diversity uh, part of your core planks uh, going forward, and how do you feel about that?
2: Being invited to the State of the Union is one of the things that I think I'll talk about it to my grandkids one day, you know, it's just not something that happens on a daily basis. It's a huge honor. Um, as you mentioned, It's a very limited number of people that gets invited every year and was just, it came out of nowhere, it was very, I was deeply honored and, and will forever cherish the memories I've made. So I think that opportunity came about, it's really a societal shift to more recognition uh, of Asian representation in government. And this goes back a few years. So when COVID happened, uh, the entire Asian population became a target for discrimination. And there was a lot of violence that was committed against Asians. And that became a huge issue and a huge, uh, uh, just a huge issue in the Asian community. And because of that, and I had an opportunity as elected officials to speak up at various events, and and luckily we were able to build a coalition of not just Asian American elected officials, but Latino elected officials, African American uh, elected officials. Everyone spoke with one voice to say that, hey, you cannot discriminate against one group of people, you know, because that discrimination can easily pour over into other groups. So we have to stop that where even begins. Uh, so during COVID, there was a lot of opportunities to speak up. I think that's for the first time in you know, a long time where Asian Americans had a voice in mainstream media. You know, it was almost on a daily basis where we hear Asian American elected officials talking about COVID, pushing back on the narrative that somehow Asian Americans are to blame for the virus. You know, every day we're all, all, and and I was also on some national media at the time to push back on that narrative. So combined with that, so once COVID kind of led up back in the late 2022, after that, and though we unfortunately had a shooting in Monterey Park. I don't know if, if the news traveled to Taiwan, but in Monterey Park in California, where it's, I believe they're about 80 or 90% Asian population, there was a mass shooting committed by an Asian man against other fellow Asians, Taiwanese and Chinese people mostly. And I believe 10 people were killed at a dance studio and 11 others were wounded prior to 2022. Uh, there was a whole series of, and there was a, a Taiwanese church in Orange County where somebody broke into church when they were having a service and, and kill somebody, killed somebody, I believe killed a few people at a church in irvine here in california i
0: think it was dr john chung right that got yes yes that um yeah he was a hero uh, yeah i actually wanted to ask you a bit about that did that actually raise the profile of taiwan in the u.s because of that because of his bravery saving everyone and do you feel that Taiwanese americans taiwanese americans and given that he was born in taiwan
2: so when that incident happened in in irvine it did bring up the word taiwan you know, in a positive way, because we have someone with Taiwanese descent that was jumping in, you know, save lives. So that really helped raise the profile of Taiwan, and I think that's what we're lacking here. So I think it's, it's contingent upon both of us, who, are, who actually are from Taiwan, uh, to speak up about my root as a Taiwanese American. Just you know, don't apologize for it, but be be proud of that and continue to raise uh, Taiwan's profile in the U.S.
0: And just before we close, like how how um, does Diamond Bar and Taiwan interact?
2: No as mayor I'm certainly open to that. I know a number of cities you know neighbor neighboring cities have relationships sister sister city relationship with Taiwan. I believe uh, West Covina has a sister relationship with Taiwan I believe. And there's a number of cities that have relationship sister relationship with cities in Taiwan. So as mayor we're certainly open to that just like we'll be open to learning um, and benefiting from the experiences of other cultures, other cities. Yeah, we're certainly open to that. You know, if the opportunity ever comes up, if you have a delegation from Taipei that wish to visit us, we'd be happy to set that up. And vice versa, we might be coming to visit you one day.
1: Yeah, that would be fantastic. I mean, as you said, I mean, this isn't limited to just um, Taiwan or the United States. It's really about municipal relationships and finding best practices and finding ways to work together for the benefit of our residents here. And, Thank you again, uh, Mayor Andrew Cho. You've been such an inspiration uh, and it's so fantastic talking to you and congratulations again on your election and re-election and we hope to continue hearing uh, many great things uh, from you and from the Taiwanese American community in years to come. Thank you so much for joining us on Global Voices on Taiwan.
0: To ensure you don't miss out on exciting insights from the island nation's captivating stories, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast and social media platform. You can also check out our full video on YouTube. Take care and stay safe.